What's up? It is I, Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. Was supposed to have ZG on today to help me break down game two. That's why the game two breakdown's coming out a day late. But he had some personal stuff come up, so he won't be on today. So it's just me breaking down game two. Cannot wait to get into it. Feeling better and better about my Golden State Warriors in seven pick. But before we get into it, double B, Bruce Buffer. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. As I said, I am so excited to get into this. Feeling better and better about my Golden State Warriors in seven prediction after game two. Golden State made some huge adjustments. But before I get into what Golden State did, I want to start with Boston and why they lost that game. So first, we have to start with the head of the snake. We have to start with Jason Tatum, right? Because he is the best player on this Celtics roster. And man, did he play like it in the first half. 21 points, was really efficient from the floor, and finished the game shooting 6 of 9 from 3. I mean, just absolutely lit it up in the first half. Second half, he disappeared, fell off the face of the earth. He only scored 7 points, and that's part of the reason why, you know, the Celtics really struggled to put the ball in the basket there in the second half. That's why they only finished with 88 points. I believe they only scored, what, 31 points in the second half? I mean, that's just, that's unacceptable, especially when you're playing against a team like the Warriors, who you know are going to put up a ton of points. And, excuse me, they, they scored 38 points in the second half. Still, that's that's unacceptable when you're playing a team like the Warriors, who you know is going to put up a lot of points. In addition to Jason Tatum not playing well, Jalen Brown didn't play well. Okay, he definitely didn't shoot the ball well. Okay, 3 of 9 from 3 for, for the game, 5 of 17 from the floor. He had a couple big ones early, and, you know, part of me was like, oh gosh, like is this going to be a game where Jalen Brown comes out and scores 35, because if Jalen Brown scores 35, the Celtics aren't going to lose very many games, no matter who they're playing against. But he ended up cooling off. Part of that is, I think what Golden State did, putting Gary Payton on him. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more whenever I'm talking about Golden State, but I I want to stick with Boston for now. On top of that, I was talking to somebody the other day, I believe it was one of my buddies here here in Indy, and he was just talking about how great the Celtics looked in in Game 1, and they did. They did look great. But the reason why they looked great it's because their role players played out of their minds. And I, t- I was telling them, I was like, I would rather Jason Tatum go get 40 than all the Celtics role players play the way that they did in game one. And that the Celtics role players wouldn't play that well again. Like, they'll definitely play well again, especially as the series heads back to Boston. But them shooting like a combined, like 60-something percent from three, that's not going to happen again. And, you know, it, it definitely didn't happen in Game 2. They were a combined 3 of 10 from 3 between Horford, Smart, Pritchard, Grant Williams, and Derek White. And between those guys, they were a combined 10 of 33 from the floor. When you throw on top of that, that Boston turned the ball over 18 times and got out-rebounded by 3, which isn't much, right? Like, you hear that, and it's like, oh, like that's pretty even. And it is. But when you consistently run lineups with Robert Williams and Grant Williams or Robert Williams and Al Horford or Al Horford and Grant Williams or Tyson Horford or whatever they're doing whenever they're running those two big guys out there at the same time. Like, you can't get out-rebounded. Like, you should win the rebounding battle by by 10. Like, it should be a double-digit rebounding difference. And, you know, like, when you have two or or three of the biggest guys on the floor, you should never get out-rebounded. Like, point-blank period. Like I said, it should not be even close. But most of all, where I think 
What I think Boston did in game two that really drove me the craziest. And for me, the number one reason why they deserve to lose that game is because they're playing drop coverage against the greatest shooter ever. Okay? And when you give a guy like Steph Curry walk-in threes, and not like one or two, we're talking like six or seven, you deserve to lose every single time. You cannot afford to give the greatest shooter ever Wide open looks like that. And, like, I get that it's Tice, and obviously, you know, you don't want him up on Curry because Curry's going to go buy him. But if he goes by him, you got Robert Williams waiting at the rim, who's a great rim protector. And I would much rather have Steph Curry trying to finish over a guy in Robert Williams versus him getting a wide-open walk-in three from the wing. Like, that's that's unacceptable if you're Boston. Now, I want to move on to Golden State because Golden State did a lot of good things, like running more screen and roll. They ran a lot more screen and roll in game two than, than they did in game one. and But the, I think the big thing that I took away from Golden State in this game was how physical they played, right? Like, this was a Draymond Green special, okay? He comes out. He's running his mouth the entire game. He gets the technical early. The referees don't want to throw him out of the game, and, you know, there's a lot of debate over the Jalen Brown thing. Look, I, 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 don't, I don't think it should have been a technical. I'll be honest, like— you know, he rested his foot on his shoulder or whatever. He didn't kick him. He didn't do anything like that. It was one of those little small things that Draymond Green does to get underneath guys' skins. And it worked because Jalen Brown was hot and shooting the ball well up to that point. Draymond Green did that and completely took him out of the game. Okay? And so, yeah, I don't think that, you know, he should have been teed up for that. But like as I was saying, Draymond Green, total menace. Okay, ran his mouth the entire game. He lived rent-free and not only Jalen Brown's head, as I said, but Grant Williams and him went at it the entire game, two of the most annoying players in the league, yelling at each other, and Grant Williams just isn't to that level in terms of trash talk that Draymond Green is, okay? And then, you know, on top of Draymond Green doing everything that he does, you know, Curry continued to play well, 29 points, six rebounds, four assists. Wiggins played better. You know, he didn't shoot great, right? Like, I believe he was 4-12 from the field. I think he only scored, like, nine points. But you felt his presence, which has been kind of a problem for Andrew Wiggins throughout his career, right? He was kind of a floater in Minnesota. You know, you look at the box score, he'd have, you know, 24, and you'd be like, but did you even play? Like, you would never feel his presence. And I I feel like you felt it in game two with the way that, you know, he came down with some big rebounds, Uh, the way he played defense on Tatum. I thought he did a really, really good job. So you could feel his presence, which I thought was big. Poole figured it out in the second half. He finished with 17. He got off to a rough start. And here's here's the scary thing. If you're Boston, the Warriors won by 19, and Klay Thompson didn't play well. Klay Thompson was absolutely atrocious. That's why they left him in late, just trying to help him find some kind of rhythm, right, just to kind of get back in the flow of shooting the basketball at a high level like we know he can do. But he was really, really bad. It'll be interesting to see what Golden State does with him going forward. I mean, look, this is the same guy who had 33 in the closeout against the Mavericks game. You know, he had, you know, 30 against, you know, Grizz- against the Grizzlies in that closeout game. I mean, like, he's still Clay Thompson. He just had a bad night. I'm sure, you know, he'll bounce back. He looked good in game one. So I'm not too, too worried about Clay. Um, I've got some stuff in here about the refs. I don't really want to get into it. I thought that they did a good job of letting both teams play. Was it really physical? Yes. Was the game sloppy because of it? Yes. But, you know, the free throw discrepancy is really similar. Boston took 17. Golden State took 20. I mean, you know, if you want to be upset about some of the Draymond Green stuff, I guess that's fair. But at the end of the day, free throw is pretty similar. The number of personal fouls are, are pretty close, too. 
So now I want to move into just some of the differences that we saw from game one to game two. Starting with just minutes, who played more, who played less. Boston didn't really adjust that at all. It was really the same guys from game one to game two. Golden State, however, did make some adjustments. Bielitsa played 11 minutes as opposed to just one in game one. He was really good for their offense. He just gives them another guy who can consistently score, right? He's a good decision maker. He's, you know, he passes the ball well. He can hit an open shot, kind of has a little bit of a post-up game. And But the problem with putting him on the floor is the questions on defense, right? But I thought he held his own. Like, I thought he looked good. You know, Boston definitely went at him when he was on the floor, and, you know, he did, you know, the best he could. He held his own. Uh, Gary Payton also played 25 minutes. He was out for game one with the elbow injury. And this is really what I think was big for Golden State. He was huge for their defense. He did a great job on Jalen Brown, right? Like, that's part of why Jalen Brown struggled is because they put Gary Payton on him, and he had a lot of success defending Brown. I thought he was huge for them. He was He's so great on their offense, too, just the way that he's able to screen and kind of be a really good playmaker on the short roll, able to kick it to the corner and find the open guys. And then, you know, he's got like a 45-inch vertical so he can finish over the top of defenders as well. Gary Payton, I thought, played huge minutes. He was great, you know, in those 25 minutes. Looking at the shooting, you know, Boston shot way better in game one, kind of as I said at the start. 51% from three in game one. 40, 40% from three in game two. That's, you know, really, really good. But I think one of the major differences was in game one, it was multiple guys hitting threes, whereas in game two, Jason Tatum hit almost half of their threes. He was six of nine. I think that Jalen Brown was the next best, and he was like three of nine. So, you know, it was a lot coming from Tatum in game two, whereas game one was a much more spread out effort, right? And on top of that, they only shot 35% from two in game two, which is absolutely atrocious. I think that just speaks to how good a defense Golden State played, you know, around the rim. And, you know, I know Boston's defense gets a lot of attention, as it should, because it's the best in the league, but... The Warriors finished with the second-highest defensive rating in the league. Like, these guys can defend, right? And I know when we talk about Golden State, we immediately jump to Steph Curry and his ability to shoot the ball and what Klay Thompson does. And, you know, when we talk about Draymond Green, we talk more about the antics and the way that he play makes offensively. But this is a really, really good defensive team in Golden State. Um, on top of that, speaking of, speaking of the defense, you know, Golden State shot really similarly from Game 1 to Game 2. But I think one of the other big things that they did is they pressured Al Horford, right? You know, in game one, you know, he's catching the ball at the top of the key with little to no ball pressure. This game, man, they got up in his grill, made every single waking moment tough on him. So tough to the point where he didn't get his first shot up until the third quarter. Okay, like they pressured him, made it tough on him to initiate the offense and get good shots. And on top of that, you know, Golden State's, you know, pressure defense also caused Boston to turn the ball over six more times in game two than they did in game one. And I know, you know, the referees, they're a really popular discussion after this game. But when you turn the ball over 18 times, you don't deserve to win. No other way to put it. So looking out at, you know, the rest of the series, and I, like I said, I think Golden State's really found something with Gary Payton defending Jalen Brown. I would expect for Gary Payton to see, you know, 25 to 30 minutes for the rest of the series unless, you know, Boston finds some way to exploit his inability to score offensively. Um, I expect for them to continue to get up into Al Horford whenever they're defending him. I'm still waiting for Wiggins to find it offensively. He was great in that Dallas series. Um, but look, he's continued to play good defense. You know, he's going to continue to rebound and do those things that you need him to do when Golden State goes small, like rebound and play good defense. 
right? And here's the thing. Here's the other scary thing if you're Boston. Because I, I think if you're a Boston fan right now, you feel good, right? Like, you, you played the first two games. You've already stolen your one game that, that, that you needed to steal on the, road, on the road against Golden State. But here's the thing. First of all, Golden State's been in so many playoff games. For them, like, where they're playing at doesn't really matter. It just it doesn't. On top of that, we still haven't seen the uh, Golden State's going to shoot 50% from three game, and there's nothing that you can do about it. Like, we still haven't seen that game. That game's coming, or at least that, that half is coming where it just feels like Golden State doesn't miss. Okay, the, the third quarter Warriors, they're still here. Okay, like you still have to worry about every third quarter going forward. At the end of the day, the main reason why I still love my Golden State Warriors in seven pick is simply because I think we saw it in game two. Boston just doesn't have enough offensive firepower to consistently score against Golden State. And if Golden State continues to defend with this level with this level of intensity, which I think that they will, especially now with, with Gary Payton back. I, I, I don't see how Boston wins this game. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for listening. Hoping to have ZG on here in the near future so we can kind of go back and forth. I know he still feels good about his Celtics and six pick. Cannot wait to talk to him about that. That sh- episode should hopefully be happening soon. But until then, I'm, I'll be back after game three with another take for you guys. Once again, this has been Jonathan Smith with Shooting the Schmidt. <laughs>